If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Excellent, excellent. Well, uh, what a pleasure it is to welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show, Ilya Shapiro, Director of Constitutional Studies at Manhattan Institute, previously the Executive Director and Senior Lecturer at the Georgetown Center for the Constitution, which we will be discussing uh, with Mr. Shapiro. Uh, Sir, welcome. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Week two of my new job at the Manhattan Institute, uh, still working from my home in Virginia, not moving to New York, but it's uh, interesting times with the Supreme Court and lots of other things going on. Indeed, yeah, and we're anxious to talk to you about the recent Supreme Court uh, decisions. But before we get to that, uh, we have discussed your situation, uh, your experience with Georgetown a fair amount, uh, read your absolutely terrific letter of resignation. Um, just on that topic, uh, after your admittedly uh, poorly worded tweets about Joe Biden limiting his Supreme Court selection to a black woman and how that didn't really serve the country, uh, Georgetown was mad at you, had a months-long investigation. And then when when you left, the dean said that we're more than we're we're our priority is protecting uh, free speech and expression and and dr shapiro was more than uh, welcome to practice that well, what's your response to that statement uh, i'm sorry can you repeat the question well it was just that the dean of georgetown law said uh, we're not limiting uh, mr shapiro's right to free inquiry and free speech at all he's welcome to work here but you decided to leave why well, they, 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 they are, as I explained in my um, resignation letter and which I summarized in my Wall Street Journal op-ed when I, when I realized I needed to resign, they were setting me up for a fall. They were saying that any time I said something where somebody complained that they were offended, um, then, then that would constitute a, a hostile educational environment. And as I gave a very, very realistic hypotheticals, that would happen any time, uh, um, you know, say this fall when the court takes up the uh, Harvard affirmative action case, and I uh, make the analysis that the 14th Amendment prohibits discriminating based on people or based on race in, in admissions. That would uh, people would complain, and there'd be a letter writing campaign, and, and away we go. And there's that 
that sort of Damocles hang over me. So, in effect, the, the law school rescinded its uh, otherwise good on paper free speech and expression policy. Is that sort of Damocles hanging over the head of a lot of people who would like to speak up at universities around the country, do you think? I think so, absolutely. Uh, there's, it's been made clear that if, that if you diverge from the accepted uh, orthodoxy, then then you're going to get uh, in trouble. And it's not just conservatives or, or libertarians, kind of old-school liberals are, 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 are feeling this, and occasionally that, that comes out. Uh, I think there was a high-profile resignation last week by a UCLA anthropology professor who's otherwise a liberal Democrat but said that uh, it was unsustainable uh, being in academia these way, uh, these days. It's, it's unfortunate, but it's few and far between the institution that will stand up for actual intellectual inquiry and the pursuit of truth, the, the basic educational mission. Right. I think it's it's so dangerous, and I'm glad you pointed out it's not a conservative liberal thing or anything like that, but the, the American university system is probably the greatest engine of uh, the growth of knowledge and science and saving lives and advancing humanity that's ever existed on Earth. And it, it to a... Uh, you know, our opinion is it's rotting and, and it's far too important to be left to academics. I think people need to understand how dangerous this is. I think that's right. Um, you know, the academia is an important institution in American society. Uh, and I think it's in terminal decline. I don't think um, I'm very pessimistic. You know, American society writ large, I, I, I see lots of good things. I'm, I'm optimistic. But, but academia, I think, has gone past the point of uh, no return. And to be clear, this is not kind of the same age-old complaint that conservatives have about uh, universities being too liberal going back decades. I, I think the ratio of, you know, the political spectrum, students, faculty, liberal, conservative, moderate, whatever, at, at, at universities is probably no different now than it was when I was in college 25 years ago or in law school 20 years ago. The problem is the administrators and the growth and the bureaucratic bloat has become such that administrators kowtow and placate the radical, illiberal element such that uh, it shuts down the, the, the genuine uh, discourse and the search for truth and being able to consider ideas that you might not agree with. So the, the, the Overton window, the acceptable range of policy views, has shifted radically to the left and, and, and narrowed, and it's, it's made it untenable for uh, a lot of faculty and, and a lot of students. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I mean, the argument goes back at least as far as William F. Buckley when he wrote God and Man at Yale in the 50s, I think, and complaining about yeah. the university system then, and it's gone, come a long way from there. We're talking to Ilya Shapiro of the Manhattan Institute, and before we get to specific Supreme Court cases, speaking of institutions that are a punching bag these days, uh, what do you make of the, the image of the court uh, in popular politics uh, right now? Um. You know, the Supreme Court has uh, long been part of political discourse, and judicial confirmations have long had politics attached to them. I mean, uh, George Washington had a Supreme Court nominee rejected for political reasons by the Senate. Now, politics has played a, a role in different ways uh, over our history. What's different now is that you have divergent interpretive theories that map onto partisan preference at a time when the parties are more uh, ideologically sorted and polarized, and they've been since at least the Civil War, if not, uh, if not ever. Uh, and so you have this, uh, you know, uh, ratcheting up to, to 12 every time there's a vacancy in one of these uh, precious seats. And the only way to fix it isn't by kind of these reforms, structural or otherwise, or how you conduct hearings, uh, 
uh, but uh, make the court less important, not have it decide half a dozen of the most important political issues in American life uh, every, every June. Uh, return decision-making uh, to the states and to Congress, for that matter, rather than to the executive branch that, that gets sued. Um, but um, you know, that's not an easy fix. That's not an overnight fix. And it took us decades to, to get to where we are now. I, I, I got to go back to something you said just a few seconds ago, and I don't know exactly how you worded it, but as politically as divided as since the Civil War, if not more? I think the parties are as, uh, in terms, they're, they're sorted ideologically. That is, you don't have conservative Democrats, you don't have liberal Republicans uh, in, in, in Congress. Uh, and polarize the, the kind of the peaks or the median of both parties are, are more separate than mm. I think, yeah, than I think at least the Civil War. Interesting. Wow, interesting. And, and also that the way you view the Constitution has been sorted in a similar way or attached to those, those tribes. Interesting. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ilya Shapiro is with us. Mr. Shapiro is Director of Constitutional Studies at the Manhattan Institute. Before that, he's Vice President of the Cato Institute. Uh, Mr. Shapiro, thanks for sticking around. We appreciate it very much. Sure. 
several giant decisions in this latest Supreme Court session that have gotten a lot of attention, to say the least. But before we get into the specific cases, the president in recent weeks, since the decisions came down, has talked about how radical this court is and how out of step with the mainstream of, uh, of America, etc., etc. Most of us who are a little older have lived with a left-leaning Supreme Court our entire lives. Now we have one that is right-leaning. How, where, where does it fit in on the radical, out-of-step scale, in your opinion? Well, that, that's all just political posturing, and I think a lot of this is driven by media misinformation about what Roe v. Wade actually stands for, what overturning it actually means. Um, I think a plurality of Americans... Uh, uh, most Americans reject both the kind of uh, uh, no abortion at all from, from conception, uh, and they also reject, you know, no restrictions at all through nine months. Um, in Europe, most countries have restrictions past somewhere like 10 or, or 14 weeks. And so the, the, the law at issue in Mississippi is actually more liberal than the law in, in France, for example. You know, now states are, are becoming more restrictive after this decision. But um, I, I think there's just a lot of uh, political posturing and demagoguery uh, uh, over over these issues. At the end of the day, uh, when it comes to political opinion, and we have a midterm election coming coming this fall, I, I don't think uh, you know what what we've been uh, uh, treated to the last few weeks in terms of the political discourse is really going to matter surrounding Supreme Court. People are going to vote there. Their, their pocketbook and and uh, the, these other crime and, and whatever other concerns, um, you know, the, the court I think will 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 muddle through. It's still respected much more than Congress or the president. Uh, what other case or cases do you think were particularly important or uh, impactful? Well, there were there were about half a dozen this term that make it such a blockbuster term. I don't want to uh, understate the importance or significance of this term involving. Uh, the right to, to, to bear arms, the Second Amendment case in New York, a couple of religion cases, school choice or prayer by a, by a coach uh, after a football game. But, you know, the one that I think will have the longest lasting uh, effect on jurisprudence, the one that will have the biggest impact on governance, is an administrative law case involving uh, EPA regulation of greenhouse or climate change causing uh, emissions, West Virginia versus EPA. There the court said that uh, the EPA or any federal agency can't just take upon itself huge regulatory authority unless Congress has specified that. And the court talked about what it called the major questions doctrine. That is, if there's some law or regulation that's worth a significant amount of uh, economic impact or societal impact, uh, the court is not going to allow that agency, be it the EPA or the Securities and Exchange Commission, the Labor Department, what have you, to this goes across, goes far beyond climate change, it will not allow the agency to just take upon itself that massive power. Congress has to be the one to take the political hit and make that uh, politically potentially controversial uh, decision uh, to regulate, to give the agency that authority. I think we're going to see that impact across a range of policy issues. So uh, it, it it drives me nuts. I mean, you touched this uh, on this already, the way the media was talking about the abortion decision and also the media, the way they, they talked about this EPA decision as if the Supreme Court, what the Supreme Court announced was they don't care about climate change as opposed to the role of agencies in making law versus uh, versus Congress. I mean, is that is that? Uh, well, am I right about that? Is the media just so far off track yeah. of understanding what the Supreme Court does? Yeah, the, the, the court did not pronounce on what uh, 
environmental regulations should be in place. It didn't pronounce on which abortion regulations should be in place. Uh, it didn't even pronounce on, on which uh, uh, firearm regulations should be in place, other than that you can't completely ban the carrying of firearms. The Second Amendment has the, the right to keep and bear uh, arms. So I, I think there is a lot of uh, uh, misreporting. Uh, a lot of reporters, even without being in good in bad faith, are in kind of progressive bubbles, and so there's this narrative that develops that, uh, frankly, doesn't doesn't do a, a good service to anyone, regardless of what your political views might be, because it it doesn't explain what exactly is at issue and what what the court rules. So I realize you could probably write a 500-page book on this topic, but we talk a lot about. Uh, whether the times we're living in these days um, are just a pendulum swinging outward in the way that, like, the late 60s. Cities were burning, assassinations, you know, bombings, domestic bombings were going on. But things calmed down and settled down, and then, the, you know, the next couple of decades were pretty prosperous and reasonably stable. Are we just going through a rocky patch, or do you think... You know, the siloing of information and social media, et cetera. Are we heading down a, a, a new road? Well, are we in these historical cycles? Uh, indeed, people are drawing parallels to the late 60s, and the former Japanese prime minister was just assassinated. Are we going to have more political violence? People are drawing parallels to the last pandemic, the, the Spanish flu 100 years ago, uh, after which we had the Roaring Twenties. People forgot about all the turmoil from the pandemic and World War One, and and we had a, a, a great economic boom and, and social development in various ways. I don't know. It's, uh, it, it's as, as Yogi Berra said, it's hard to make predictions, especially about the future. Uh, and, you know, there are, there are good things. There are historical comparisons. Uh, even though inflation is high, it seems like economic growth isn't too, too bad these days. Unemployment, it seems to be fairly low, at least in, 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 in many states. Um, but, but you have this political polarization and you have, the, the wild card of the uh, Internet and, and social media and, and digital information flows that seem to uh, nationalize every, every single issue and instantaneously uh, convey uh, 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 information true, false, or, or opinions uh, 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 immediately. So it's, we're certainly living in interesting times, and I don't have a, a very good crystal ball. Um, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic about many things. Uh, I have two little kids. I have two more on the way. I'm uh, trying to, you know, build a, a good family life for myself. And I think the more that people focus on themselves and their families rather than, you know, getting getting upset about these uh, 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 abstract issues that don't directly uh, affect them, I think the, the better we'll, we'll all be as a society. I couldn't agree with that more. Wow, yeah, that's an absolutely terrific topic or a statement to end on. Uh, this is kind of a highbrow joke for a couple of halfwits, but I think you might enjoy it. Uh, I read this the other day. Somebody said, yeah, we're going to have the Roaring Twenties again, only this time we're Germany. <laughs> oh, boy. Ilya Shapiro, Director of Constitutional Studies at the Manhattan Institute, just enjoyed the heck out of the conversation. I hope we can do it again sometime. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, thanks a million. So I was really intrigued, obviously, because I followed up on it, on his, his comment that we might be even more polarized than we were at the time of the Civil War. And when people say that sort of thing, I mean, it seemed, you know, it seems pretty extraordinary because uh, we went to war and uh, 600,000 people died, and et cetera, et cetera. But in terms of the politics of it, 
He's probably right since you since you you can't have anybody even close to moderate really in either party anymore because you you'll get primaried by your own party and lose. Yeah. So we'll probably have less common ground than maybe we've ever had in our nation's history among the two parties. You know, I happen to be doing yet more reading about the Civil War because, as John Mulaney pointed out, all dads are apparently studying for some future test on World War II, or I'd add the Civil War. Uh, but, yeah, there were lots and lots of moderates at the time. There are lots of people saying, no, you can't secede. We can't divide the Union. we got to work out a compromise. Let's Kansas-Nebraska Act. There were all sorts of moderates running around. Yeah, I'm not making an argument that we're headed toward a civil war because I think there's all kinds of reasons that's uh, relatively silly. And if it happened, it would be a long time from now. But in terms of fewer people with common ground, like if you had them all on a spectrum, you know, people toward the middle, we might have less than we've ever had. Hmm troubling these are the spicy times these are the spicy times i wonder if that changes any uh, the fundraising thing in the primary system is what would have to change to change that and uh, i don't know if that's in the works or not uh, meanwhile clickonomics lurks like a poisonous gas i mean because that that so infects people's thoughts the, just the need to make everybody angry all the time for our media to make any money including our social media i just i don't know i don't know if we got what it takes you know uh, bill clinton uh, uh, there's nothing wrong with america that can't be fixed by what is right with america yeah, I want to remeasure all that. Can we please? <laughs> what Mr. Shapiro there said there toward the end, though, if you focus on your family and raising your kids and all that sort of stuff, and if more people did that, we'd be better off, is clearly true. Right. It's like you and your neighbor and your cul-de-sac who maybe don't agree on a single political issue could hang out the entire weekend if it's over Little League baseball and barbecues and the guy down the uh, road who doesn't mow his lawn enough or whatever. Mm-hmm. First step, have two or more children. I'm talking to you, folks. Let's get started. (laughs) Uh, If you miss an hour of the show, you can grab it in podcast form, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. 
Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 